0: 2 Timothy chapter 1, and I'm going to read three verses there, verse 3 through 6. I'm reading out of the CSB, if you want to sync up your electronic translation. But it says there, I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience as my ancestors did, when I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. "'Remembering your tears, I long to see you "'so that I may be filled with joy. "'I recall your sincere faith "'that first lived in your grandmother Lois "'and in your mother Eunice, "'and now I am convinced in you also. "'Therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God "'that is in you through the laying on of my hands. "'For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. Let's pray over the word. Father, thank you so much for your scripture. Thank you that it's alive and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It is a gift from you to reveal your nature, your character, your will, and your kingdom to us. And I thank you that you use it to shape us, to build us, and to transform us today. In Jesus name. Amen. So in this little passage, Paul is writing to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy. Who are they? We know who they are because we've been going through the book of Acts. Right. Paul, a missionary of Jesus, Timothy joined his team about midway through. And then once they separated, Timothy's pastoring and Paul is encouraging him from a distance in what he, what it is that he's doing. And up until now, starting out the first of this year, the last two weeks, we've been reading Paul's letter to the Philippians, right? The church in Philippi. And we've been talking about how a new year is a special time for us to take a close look at what's going on in our life, to take an inventory, to ask the questions that we don't have the time or energy to ask the rest of the year because they weigh kind of heavy On us, but to take a look at where we are so that we can have a good idea what our direction is and where we're going, right? We talked about how he said that we should consider what's going on in our life. We should consider the things that we have around us, we could consider the things we're involved in. He said, the things that I thought were important I now consider as a loss, so that I might gain Christ. We consider these things so that we can then from that have an effect on how we order our life. And then we aim. We aim. He said, I set my goal. My goal is to know Christ. And this is how I am accomplishing it. We talked about how important it is for us to have an aim as we go into this year. Because how else are we going to know where we're likely to end up? I told you about how my grandfather taught me to shoot a shotgun. He didn't tell me I needed to aim at something. He said, you pull the trigger? Bang! Did you hit it? Hit what? Were you not aiming at anything? You didn't tell me to aim at anything. And so we don't want to get up every day and expend this energy, this life that God has given us, just willy-nilly, Right? We want to have an aim. It may be a far off. It may be a mark that we set way off in the distance. It says, I'm headed that way. I won't be perfect by the end of this year, but I will be closer to where it is that I'm aiming. And then last week where he said, in any case, we should all live up to the truth that we have attained, right? We should all live up to the level of the truth that we have attained. And now for us, those are going to be a little bit different. And we saw last week, that's okay. It's okay that it's different as long as our direction is the same. We shouldn't compare ourselves one to another to see how it is that we're doing. We're looking to Him, right? And we shouldn't think that our growth in Christ... Our moving forward in him is just about us. It's not just so I can be more comfortable, not just so I can be more secure, not just so I can be better off. Because if I make that my mission, then when I get there, I'm going to stop. Right. When I get comfortable, I'm going to stop. And what we saw is. He, he he brings us not only for us, but for those around us. He's bringing us for so that when we get comfortable, then I can help those who are uncomfortable. When I get stronger, I can help those who are what weaker. And so I don't have time to go uh, go further into the introduction because I'm really, really excited about where we're going today with this passage in Second Timothy. If you want to look back at or listen back to the podcast on those two They're available. But here in verse six, we read Paul. Paul says, I want to remind you, Timothy, to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. Rekindle. That's a fire word. Right. That's attending the fire word. Yours may say, stir up. The gift that is on the inside of you. And that was the translation I was most used to. Just stir up the gift, just stir up the gift. And I noticed here, and then looking back at the, at the Greek word, it's a word talking about fire to rekindle this gift that's on the inside of you. The ESV, and the one other, I think the New Living even says, fan into flame the gift of God that is on the inside of you. And we'll get to that part. But what's he rekindle this gift of God? So what, what's he talking about? He, he said, I remember the faith that was in your grandmother. I remember the faith that was in your mama. And I'm convinced that this same faith is in you also. This sincere faith, what that you've believed in Christ. I'm convinced that it's there, Timothy, and I want you to stir up, rekindle, or fan into flame the gift that God has put on the inside of you through the laying on of my hands. So, when he's saying the gift, it's the grace of God in operation on the inside of Timothy because he has believed that's abounding out of him toward ministry, help to others, and bringing about a renewal, not just in his life, but in the lives of those that he's connected to, the areas that he's in, bringing God's kingdom from heaven to earth so that it would be here like it is there. Timothy's been born again. His sins are forgiven. He's been made right with God. And now he's being brought into this renewal again, not just in his own life, but in all the areas that God has him And Paul says, this gift came through the laying on of my hands. We read in the book of Acts as we were going through there, when they would commission someone for a purpose, say, hey, you're going to go to Antioch to preach to them, to teach them, to lead them in the ways of Jesus. They would put their hands on them Both as a physical contact and a commissioning, a transfer of authority, but also there was a spiritual function going on. There's something that was being imparted from one to the other. And he's like, I put my hands on you and I commissioned you for this job. You were called to this. Stir it up. Stir it up. So when I read that, he tells him to rekindle it, to stir it up, to fan into flame the gift of God that is within you. You know, I ask myself, what are we stirring up this year? What are we stirring up in our lives this year? Have you ever heard the, you've heard the phrase, we're about to stir some stuff up tonight. Yeah, that's usually in a negative context, right? We're about to stir some stuff up. We're going to stir up... You, You're stirring up trouble. Right. You've heard that one. You're stirring up trouble. You're stirring the pot. Right. We've heard all of those things. And again, those are negative, but it gives you the idea. The context here is uh, what are you putting your time and energy and attention into in order to get something out? Because usually when we put our time and energy and attention into something, we're expecting to get something out. The question for us is, where are we putting it? And what are we expecting it to give us back? Paul is telling this to Timothy and Timothy's a pastor. Are we to believe that he let his fire die out? I don't think so. Just from everything else that I read, I don't think that's the case. I don't think Timothy was, you know, backslid, run from God. And Paul's trying to get him back out of, you know, that. I think that Paul just sees the risk that Timothy not being stirred up, not being rekindled on the inside. Paul's trying to keep him from it. Why? Because there's a mission. And there's a purpose. Paul's been in these cities where Timothy is. He's like the the kingdom of God. Needs to be brought into these cities, Timothy. And you are there to help bring it about. And to do that, you're going to need a hot fire. You are going to need a hot fire on the inside of you. You're not doing this by yourself. It's coming from the gift that God placed on the inside of you. Stir it up. Stir it up. He would write to the church at Ephesus. It's by grace that you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift from who? God. That's the gift that we're stirring up on the inside of us. Paul knows that the church there has work to do. Work that's been given by Jesus himself, work that was started by Paul and is being continued by Timothy. He's like, there's a work to be done and you're going to have to have a hot fire, Timothy. There's going to be a hot fire burning on the inside of you to bring this about. Keep it stirred up. Fan into flame the gift of God that's on the inside of you. Rekindle the fire. He knows that the church has to kindle afresh the fire. Fan it into flame. Stir it up. Amen. If you are a believer, there is the gift of God on the inside of you. If you're not a believer, what are you waiting for? Amen. Come talk to me. But if you're a believer, the gift of God is within you. When we were visiting out here, early service, we quoted in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. Old things have passed away and the new has come. Everything is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ And has given us this ministry of reconciliation. You know that, you hear that first part a lot, don't you? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. Praise the Lord! And we should, that's good news. And he says, everything's from God, who has reconciled us to himself, what he made peace with us, between us and God, by Jesus Christ, and has given us this ministry of reconciliation also calls us ambassadors, that we go about as ambassadors of Christ in this world, in the areas that he's placed us in, reconciling those things to Christ the same way that he reconciled us to God. The gift of God is this transforming grace, our connection to the kingdom. Jesus told us to seek it first. What did he, he also told us what? Luke uh, 17, the kingdom of God is within you. It is in your midst. Don't say, oh, it's there. Or, here it comes from here. He's like the kingdom of God is within you. We have been given a ministry. Of reconciliation. We are ambassadors, the kingdom within us. That is our great and precious gift as believers. And Paul's telling Timothy, and we can read it to ourselves rekindle the gift, stir it up, fan into flame the gift that is in you so that it's impacting where you are, so that it's changing. And having an impact on the people that you are around. First, it's having an impact on you. And then through that, it's having an impact on everything that is around you. Stir up the gift. Now, that's not something that we hear all the time, right? That's not something that's very clear how to do. How can we, as believers, how can we, like Timothy, with this in front of us, ministers of reconciliation, we're ambassadors. We've been reconciled. Now we're to bring that reconciliation where it is that we go. How do we do that? How do we do that? Whenever we talk about this, it's going to sound simple, isn't it? Because what's step one? This right here. We got to be in this, right? Have to. i tell you, I have a Bible from when I was born. They gave it to you, know, the little white one that you get when you do the baby dedication. I have one from when I was born. I've had, there's no telling how many since then dozens, different translations. I have read it, read through it many times, studied it a lot. You say amen, right? You're going to preach it. You ought to study, be studying it. I've preached it for a while. Preached it regularly for now going on four years. We did that math the other day. I was like, no, that's wrong. Four years, February 2019. It seems like it would have got old by now. It seems like I would have got tired of it by now. Again, you re- I don't like watching movies a second time. I already know what's going to happen. It's getting easier as I've gotten older because I'll forget what happened and I'll watch it again. (laughs) I don't remember what happened. I don't remember. It's like, yeah. But anyway, it seems like it would have got old by now. I know what's in there. Read through it. But let me tell you what. This last week, just this last week, I don't even remember where I was, what I was doing, but I remember how I felt. Because... It was out of my heart. It was from the Lord, but it's almost like me talking to myself. There has not been in my whole life, my whole life, anything in this world that I could put my hands and my eyes on that's been more faithful than this. Not been. Not a person. Not a place. Not a thing. Not one Thing that's been as comforting to me as this, that has brought me as much peace as this, as much encouragement as this, nothing. And I just started bawling. I was like, Lord, there's not there's been a lot of great and precious gifts in my life. There's nothing else in this world that has been like this. And I can just let it sit. I can close it up and let it sit. And he'll let me do that. Now, when it's closed up and sitting, that's not when it's the biggest blessing to me. That's not when I remember how much worth it has in my life. When is that happening? When I'm in it. When I'm in it. And even if I don't have it open in front of me, I'll have something going on and the Holy Spirit will remind me of what it says. But he can't remind me of something that I've never read or never heard, can he? But he'll bring that to my memory and apply it to whatever's going on. And everything lines up in my heart. So even if things aren't lined up in front of me, it's lined up in my heart. I mean, I can hold it in my hands. And it's the most faithful thing I've ever seen in my whole life. And I won't find anything else to beat it here. That's physical, tangible. We talk about what Christ has done for me. I wouldn't even know about it if I hadn't read it in here. And look, these pages, I don't know. They came from somewhere, probably Cleveland, Ohio, or something weird like that. (laughs) Right? It's paper and it's bound together. It, It is a book, but it's not just a book. It's alive. It's alive. And it's his gift to me. And when I get in it, it'll stir me up. It'll kindle afresh the gift on the inside of me. It'll fan into flame the gift that God has given me. It's not like anything else. And so starting this year, It was put on my heart afresh and anew. I need to have an aim of how how I'm going to spend my time with this, with his word, with the scripture that he has so graciously given us, that he's brought through hundreds of years of persecution to bring it right here where I can hold it in my hands. How am I going to engage with his scripture this year? It's got to be part of my aim. It's got to be. How am I? We need it in multiple ways. We need to hear it. That's what we're doing right now. That's what we do when we gather together. We need to hear it read and taught. I need to hear it. I need to read it. I need to study it. What's the difference between reading and studying? Reading, I'm just reading. Studying, when something pops up, I stop and I look into it a little bit further. Right? I do those three things so that I can. Meditate on it so that I can be thinking on it. Marty shared something with me. She said, I've been thinking about this all weekend. The Lord put this before my heart. I've been thinking about it all weekend. That's that meditation on his word. And see, again, each one of us, we live up to the level of truth that we have attained. My aim for the scripture this year may be different from yours. It may be more than yours. It may be less than yours. You start from where you are. If you've not ever read it before, you don't need to be saying, I'm going to read through the whole thing this month. Any more than if you had never gone walking before, you don't need to say, I'm going to start training for a marathon. It's going to wear you out. You might get busted up. It's going to be more than you can handle. But go to the Lord and say, Lord, what would be reasonable and right for me this year? Should I do the exact same thing that I did last year? Or should I do something? Should I do more? Should I approach it differently? We've had, Kyler and I have talked about this before, where we'll go a year reading through it. And then the next year will come like, I really feel like he wants me to focus on these three areas in Scripture and just look really closely all year long to just stay in this book the whole time. That's between you and the Lord. And he's going to lead you in a good and right direction. My, my point is, what's your aim? You need to have one. If you don't have one, you're not accidentally going to engage scripture. You're not going to accidentally find yourself reading it. Or if you just wait until the inspiration strikes you, I'm feeling like I want to get into the Bible today. It's probably too late. Because what are we doing then? It's like something's gone, something's gone wrong, everything's breaking loose, but I got to find an answer. It's like when the roof is leaking and it's raining, right? You can't really fix it then. You got to get that, you got to get the patch on when the sun's shining. Okay. If we don't have an aim, if we don't have a plan, what do we think is going to happen? Right? So it needs to be part of our aim. That's a log on the fire. That's me stirring up the gift that is on the inside of me from God is being in this word. Number two is going to be a shocker prayer. I know you are surprised. We've read it says in Philippians, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything and thank God for what he's already done. And then the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. It'll, it, it, it will guard our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. We start with the Scripture. Scripture commands us to do what? To pray. To pray and even leads us into it. When you're reading Scripture, it will make you pray. Because you may just be asking God, God, I see you're big. That's all. Thank you for being big. Thank you for being big in my life. I see that you love me. Thank you for how much you love me. I see that you're a helper. I need some help. It will lead us into prayer. It's a log on the fire of our heart. Example: just this, just this week, I'm driving. I had meetings out of town. And I was spending a little bit of time With him. I was praying about a situation that had been vexing me. I was like, Lord, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what to do about it. I need your help with it. And in that, it was like he shined a bright light on my heart and pointed out to me, okay, we can talk about how to handle it, but why are you mad though? What? Why are you mad about this? I was like, I I am mad about this. Like, I felt I, I didn't realize that the situation was stirring up anger on the inside of me. It was happening. I wasn't paying attention. And so it was like the Holy Spirit's telling me, impressing upon me, let's deal with this anger first, and then we can move in on how to fix this situation. So I got to put into practice some of the things I had been teaching when we're talking about the soul. I got to ask my soul, oh, my soul, why are you disquieted within me? Why, why are you mad about this? Why has this been making you angry? And then the Holy Spirit, just, just gracious and, and, and kind and so helpful, just began to point out, you're mad because of this. This offended your pride. This offended your ego. And so you're mad about it. And he just la- I'm just driving down the road praying and he's just laying my heart bare before me. And so I was able to walk through what? For- forgiveness. OK, Lord, I was wrong about that. I shouldn't be angry about this. I took this personal that that was something I should have just walked on by. I shouldn't have taken that personal, forgive me. I forgive them. I release that. I don't want anything to do with that. I'm not going to hold that against anybody or anything. And then he began to walk me through how to handle that situation and the solution for it: prayer. Just taking our concerns, our needs to him and say, I need your help with this. I I need your help with this, taking our joys and our uh, enjoyments and going, I'm going to turn this into worship to you. I don't want this just to stop. I had a really good day today and then go in and go to bed. I want to go. man. Thank you. Thank you for today. And I know that you'll be here tomorrow. Tomorrow may not be as much fun as today was, but I know that you'll be in it with me regardless of what comes. Thank you. Thank you. Prayer stirs up the gift, it rekindles the fire on the inside of us. Why? Because we're putting our eyes, our attention on Him. So what's our aim this year in regards to prayer? Prayer and reflection, taking it to Him. When am I going to do that? Do I have times built into my day already where that takes place. And I'm not saying, you know, like I've got to block out two hours here or two hours there. The Lord may lead you up to that. But you need to have those points in your day that you know you're doing this at this time. Or I know I'm going to be doing this throughout the day. I'm going to commit a little bit of that time to the Lord. And what have I told you before? One of the best places is in the bathroom. Right? How many times today are you going into the bathroom? And you're there washing your hands. You can take 30 seconds. Go. Father, I thank you that you're with me today, that you don't leave me or forsake me. Help me to keep my eyes focused on you. Help me to walk in love and in patience and kindness with all these fools around me. Amen. 30 second prayer. And you will go back, especially if you're whether you're at work, you're at home with the family, wherever you are. You will go back out of there a little bit different than the way you went in. You can put that into your day and go, when, and, and see, then it starts to be like, you'll be washing your hands anywhere and be like, I just feel like the Spirit's moving. <laughs> Why? Because you've made that a part of what you do, a part of your rhythm. And again, start from where you are. Start from right where you are. Have you talked to Him lately? He's waiting, He's ready. What's our aim in regards to prayer? Because that's going to stir up the gift on the inside of us. Number three, this is the third one, which is usually where number three is. I started to say that's the last one, but I didn't want you to think we were were over because I have one more thing I want to share with you. Number three, stirring up the gift on the inside of me is getting with the body. Fellowship service with the body of Christ. There is no substitute for it. There is zero substitute for it in your life. And listen, when you have been in the Scripture and you have been in prayer throughout the week, you'll come into the body about ready to bust wide open. I do that whether I'm preaching or not, whether I'm sharing or not. It's such an encouragement to be together, to hear your voices raised up in worship, to see your faces and how much you love him. Amen. Hey, Preston, or Richard, guy came in back there. Will you go see if he needs some help? There is no substitute. Scripture, prayer, fellowship service with the body of Christ. Amen? So what's our aim? We plan to be here. We aim to be here, purpose to be here. Here, If I'm not sick or away or at work, I want to be here. Why? Because who knows what the Lord might do. You have no idea what He might do in your life when you gather together with the body. You have no idea how He might encourage you when you gather together with the body or use you to bless someone else. I told you last week, you are valuable to the body of Christ. You are needed in the body of Christ, and not just as a number, not just as a tick mark on an attendance sheet, where we can I can brag to the other pastors and tell them I ran more than you did. No, you are needed because that's what a body is: each part held together, working together to accomplish what no part could on its own. What nothing could on its own. You are very much needed. So I want you to think of these three things and, and not just as one instance or one experience of it, not just a single event. Again, we had that conversation this morning. You can go to the gym uh, and the first day you go, you're not going to notice anything good happened. Matter of fact, you're going to feel sore. You're going to like, I went and I got sore. That's a bad place to go. I won't do that anymore. Right? You don't, but, but you can't shrink it down to that one day's experience. Because we know, when is it valuable? When you go for multiple days consistently over a long period of time. And then you look back at the end of a year, back to the beginning, and you're like, hey, I can do this much more now. Caleb told me just the other day, they started you know lifting weights, off-season weights, and they did their max, and he can do 85 pounds, getting strong. And then a week and a half later, he's like, hey, I'm up another 10 pounds. Why? Because they've been doing it. They've been growing in strength through repetition. So it's not just a single event. It is inputting these things into the rhythm of your life, your lifestyle. So you are attaching one day on top of the next day, on top of the next day. And the kingdom multiplication that comes along with that will be larger than you can imagine. And it's going to be different from I went to church today to I go to church. Or I read the scripture today to I I read the scripture. That is what I do. I prayed today. I pray. It becomes a part of who you are and your identity. Again, Paul's instruction to Timothy was rekindle the gift, stir it up, and fan into flame the gift of God within you. And I want to show you something today. I I want you to have a visual in your mind. I I can't... uh, do it as full as I would have liked to. But I want you to consider these candles over here. There's three because there were three when I found them. Now, as they're sitting right here, an unlit candle, I thought about this, what is an unlit candle good for? Not a whole lot, right? Paperweight? Maybe. I mean, it can look a little decorative. It can have a smell to it. These don't These don't have a smell, thankfully. But an unlit candle isn't much use, right? There's nothing really about it. It's kind of a lump. Is it helpful to anybody? No. When does a candle become helpful? That's not a mystery, right? When you light it, you light. So I'm going to light these. And I did this yesterday to make sure my lighter worked. Hopefully it still works. And I did it last night, but I didn't turn on any of the other lights in here. I really just wanted to test it with the heat to make sure the heat wouldn't blow it out. Because that wouldn't go well, would it? i go from a good example to a bad one real quick. But you light it, and it provides some benefit. It was pretty bright in here with no other light. You're just so lit. It was pretty bright. And even then, there was the potential for more From those candles. That's why I blew them out before I left, because even just this little bit of flame would be enough to burn the whole building down, right? If something happened. So there's a benefit because there's light and there's the potential for it to be powerful. Now, the book of Proverbs talks about fire, and I love the book of Proverbs because it's very direct. And in Proverbs 26 20, it says, Without wood, a fire goes out. And it uses that as an example. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, conflict ceases. I love Proverbs. Because that just makes sense, right? Because it tells us the first part, we're like, well, I know that part. It's like, well, now apply it to this, right? But I got stuck on without wood, the fire goes out. Or without fuel, the fire will go out. A fire has to have fuel to burn. That's not complicated, right? It's not. And so you can take that a lot of different ways in your life. You've got some fires that do need to go out that you need to stop putting fuel on in that example. Right. So my anger that I referenced earlier, I needed to stop putting fuel onto that and I needed to let that go out. There are some things that need to burn up. Depends on what they are. You know, I always hear, you know, you shouldn't burn bridges. You shouldn't burn your bridges. You may be coming back this way. You may be running. Shouldn't burn your bridges. I will tell you this. There's some bridges that you do need to burn because you don't need to go back there. Mm -hmm. That's just free. There are some bridges that you do need to burn. There are some fires that need to go out, but there are some fires that absolutely, positively in your life do not need to go out. And that's what Paul is sharing with Timothy. He's saying some fires don't ever, ever need to go out. You need to rekindle the gift of God that is within you. And that's not just turning the coals over, right? Taking the fire that was burning and turning the coals, because the heat's going to come back up then, right? Which is good, but what's it doing? It's continuing to burn out. You know, that, that's living off of yesterday's man. If you want to use the Old Testament example, I, I can turn the coals and I can I, I can get get it going again. But it, it's going to need more fuel to burn. Again, you need your heart burning for him with a hot fire. Others need your life burning for him with a hot fire. Hot fire. Now I'll tell you why. You compare these candles, which I was able to get in here, to the part of the example that I wasn't able to bring in here, which is our little fire pit, right? That we've gathered around. Think about a fire pit at your house, a fireplace at your house. You know, these candles have been lit and they're they're a blessing. There's potential there. But the fire pit has had more fuel put on it. It's had more material on there that can burn. And it's being tended. It's been stirred. So our example as a Christian, the gift of God has come. We have been lit on the inside. And there's a lot of potential there. And what's he calling us to do? Throw logs on that fire. Put fuel on that fire and tend it. Why? Because even though this candle... Is nice, and it's helpful, and it's got potential. How easy is it to blow one of these candles out? It's not a hard question. Easy, right? A kid can do it at their birthday party. Think a puff of air, and it's out. So it's helpful. It's got potential, but it's weak. You take that fire pit and you've got fuel on it and you've been tending it. You think you could blow it out? No. No. Everybody else thinks they can blow it out, Tina. (laughs) I'm just kidding. We've put a leaf blower on it. Should you do that? No. (laughs) You shouldn't do that. Was it really cool? Yes. Yes. It really was. Do you know what happened when we put that leaf blower to that fire? It roared. It got brighter than I'd ever seen it be bright before. It made a sound I've not ever. The fire got hotter, burned brighter, burned stronger. The same wind that blew this out was stoking the bonfire. I mean, stoking it, causing it to burn hotter. And and what the Lord told me to tell you today is He wants you to put that fuel on your fire, to rekindle that gift, to fan it into flame so that when the wind blows, you won't get puffed out. But what should what used to put your light out would just make you shine brighter, roar louder, be stronger. Amen? Rekindle the fire that's on the inside. Look, we did that one time. We had a man's night. And we had to get outside and cook on the fire real quick because it was gonna rain. And it was the biggest gully washer I've ever seen. I mean, poured down rain. The wind's blowing water. So much rain in a short period of time. And somebody said, Well, you're not gonna have to worry about putting the fire out tonight, because it's gonna be dead. We had our little meeting inside. The rain quit. Everybody left. I went to go check it and I put my hand down there by it. And it was still warm. And I took the shovel and I turned the coals over and they started to glow, and be hot. Through all of that, it wasn't yet put out. It was still hot. I, I had to do more like intentionally, I had to put this fire out, I had to make it. Stop! Because what we had stoked and what we had got going was able to endure the rain and endure the storm. You don't want to be and stay a just lit Christian. We all start to praise the Lord. We we were this one without him. We were dead in our sins and trespasses without him. And he's made us alive. And he's given us fuel to put on the fire and wisdom today. Are we going to fan into flame the gift of God that's on the inside of us? And you may think I've been through the gully washer. It's all fell down on me. My fire has gone out. It's not gone out. You just need to stir it up. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's dead. You wouldn't believe it. It's been so long. No, it's not dead. You just need to stir it up. You You just need to fan into because it came from him. It's not gone. You just need to stir it up. We just need to put wood on it. Without wood, without fuel, a fire will go out. We need to be putting the fuel on it and stoking it to the point that it's going to draw others to its light, to its heat, to its benefit. And they'll see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we bring, we bring ourselves to you today as a living sacrifice. We want to be holy and acceptable for you, which is our reasonable service. Not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Father, I thank you for the light on the inside of us. I thank you for the fire, the gift that's on the inside of every person in here. Every single one. I thank you for the gift. And Lord, we hear your call today to stir it up, regardless of what condition it's in, to stir it up, regardless of what we've done before, to stir it up, to put fuel on the fire that you've given us, to get into your scripture, to learn more about who you are and who we are in Christ, to walk with you, acknowledging you through prayer all of our days and to gather together with the body of Christ so we can feed off of one another. We can encourage one another where if if people are unwell, they can come into the assembly of the body and become well. And those who are well can come in the assembly of the body and be used to bless those that aren't. Father, help us aim this year. Set our aim this year so that we will fan into flame the gift that you've put on the inside of us. So that when the wind blows and the rain falls, the fire you've given us won't go out. But we'll still be benefiting from all that there is in it through whatever may come. The same puff of wind that used to just lay us down will just be a stoking and a fan to our flame in you. I thank you for the blessing that we'll find in that maturity as we grow. And I thank you that you deal with us, each one, graciously and mercifully as we set those aims this year. Lord, as we get ready to go, we pray for those that aren't able to be among us, that are away, that, that are ill, that are working. God, I pray that you bless them where they are, that you encourage them where they are. And you bless them and keep them and you bring them safely back to us. As we go out from here today, I thank you that we go in peace and unity together with one another. And I thank you, Lord that your plans for us this week will be carried out and your goodness will continue to change the way that we think. We thank you for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.